0: This is Aaron Buckbinder from Compass Boca Raton, Florida, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast.
1: And welcome to another episode of The Real Talk Podcast. It's been a hot summer, great start to the summer so far. Today I have my two friends from Florida in town, representing Miami and most importantly, Boca Raton today, respectively, Lady Meyer and Aaron Buckbinder. Please have Aaron on the Real Talk Pod. Aaron is one of the founding agents of our Compass Boca Raton market in Florida, and he's been a licensed real estate agent since 2012. Boca native, Aaron graduated from SMU with a BA in Corporate Communications and Public Affairs. Then he went on to receive his post-baccalaureate at FAU. He entered the real estate business in 2013 as a broker associate, learning the ropes of the industry and getting his eight-figure sales volume per year as he grew his business. More importantly, Aaron is devoted to his wife Kira and their two young children, Harley and Bryce. So why are we talking about Boca Raton today? From a business perspective, everybody knows about the taxes, but let's go into the nitty gritty. Why do people move to Florida or why are businesses moving to Florida in the last three years? There are no corporate income tax for limited partnerships. There are no corporate income tax for S corporations. So I'm sure you are on S corporation just like myself. You just happen to make more money because of no taxes. No state personal income tax guaranteed by the constitutional provision, no corporate franchise tax on capital stock. No state level property tax assessed, and there's also no property tax on business inventories. Quick couple facts about Boca Raton since it's been about uh, 25 years since I've been there. But the city of Boca Raton was incorporated in the year of 1925. After New York City, Boca Raton is home to the second highest population of Holocaust survivors in the United States. The area spans 28 square miles with a population of about 90,000 people. There are 94 miles of pedestrian bike paths, two libraries, eight fire stations, one airport, and there are five colleges and universities. Add to the fact so the school system. There are 28 kindergarten through 12 public and private schools in total. Despite what you may have seen in Seifeld, the average age of Boca Raton is 45. Boca Raton also Uh, Apparently, the polls close at 3 p.m. right after dinner. Boca is also near major Florida cities, including just being 45 miles north of Miami, 28 miles south of Palm Beach, 8 miles from Delray Beach, and just 20 miles north of Fort Lauderdale. Please follow Aaron Buckbinder on Instagram in my show notes, and I'll link up your uh, LinkedIn in there as well, as well as your robust website where you feature your team members. Uh, You have about eight agents, I believe. Yeah, about eight. Eight agents under your team. And please be sure to follow or reach out to Aaron if you are ever visiting Boca and interested in real estate opportunities or just have any questions about the town in general. So, Aaron, welcome. Great to see you. Thank you for coming. Uh, Again, also in studio is Levy Meyer, a longtime friend of the podcast, his third appearance officially on the podcast, and we have Danielle Stout. The Real Talk podcast is produced in-house by the talk team and edited by the talk team. We have no sponsors, and as of today, we have about 8,000 streams, so that's fairly good for an unsponsored podcast, I must say. Danielle, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. Good. So today, we're going to start with a section called one-word questions. As you know, all of our guests have to endure the gauntlet of the one-word questions. Not that many today. We'll go through this very quickly, and then after that, we'll do hot takes. So... Levi and Aaron will both answer. Levi, say hello. Hello, everybody.
2: I just finished sending a relatively important, very long email-like text message, and i happy to be jumping in.
1: Nobody asked, but thank you. The first word is (laughs) Ron DeSantis. Hero. Love, hate. Didn't you have him on your golf cart? Not yet. Not yet, okay. You will. Next word, homeowner's insurance in Florida. Insane now.
2: It's getting out of control. Zillow
1: and Redfin. Enemies. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> they really, they're, really they're, they do not have a strong presence in them.
1: Okay. Uh, discount brokers or discount real estate agencies? Neither. I'd say discount brokers are there. One or the other. Florida State or the University of Florida? Neither. <laughs> <laughs> UM.
0: <laughs> you, FSU, you,
1: you also time, live- I Spend
2: some time
0: in Dallas. I, I, I okay. will say FSU because my wife is a Seminole actually. Okay, there you go.
1: Social media in the generation of TikTok and Instagram. Right. Okay, that's a good me. answer.
0: Uh, Way to keep up with the times. I would definitely say Instagram. Your
1: take, one word. Real, real estate reality television. My life. Okay. <laughs> Fake news. Fake news. That's a good one. That's two. It's two words, but it's kind of one hashtag.
0: I mean, it's just like it's a, it's like it's my daily life. I don't need to watch it. You don't no. need to you watch it. What? Yeah. So, uh, do you
1: think it's good for the industry? No. Yeah. Okay. Terrible. Terrible. Okay, Property Brothers, the
0: the guys that flip homes? Look, they're all great products, but it's just not the reality. Mm-hmm. And it, it super empowers all these people. Yeah, <laughs>
1: okay, so we're gonna get-
0: Super empowers people. No, we're gonna go into hot takes now.
1: <laughs> so everybody, I think, in the industry, I ask this question a lot. It, the theme is the same. It's not reality. It's reality television, which is not reality. Hot takes. Who is the goat of real estate? The goat? In, in a few sentences. McDonald's. Love that answer. That's that's probably one of the most brilliant answers we've seen, heard so far.
2: That, that and the Vatican facts.
1: <laughs> the Vatican. OK, <laughs> I, think, I believe the and the largest landlord in New York City is the uh, Catholic Church. Is FAU a powerhouse in sports
0: after last year's final four? Absolutely.
1: Shout out to um, the Redskins running back, Alfred Morris, who's a FAU graduate. I think probably similar to your year, close to your year. Uh, rank your top three football schools in Florida. U.M.
2: FSU than UM. Uh, okay. In the division of sports and entertainment, I am just the E section of that category. I didn't, no comment. Well, you
1: do live very close to UM, so you may have to just give that
0: a, a number one. Sure. Okay. i not a football guy. It's, it's a house divided in my house, because it's always UM versus FSU, and yeah. lately FSU's been winning. <laughs> okay.
1: I, I I will forever, even though I'm not a fan of uh, Florida sports teams, I'll forever be a U.M. fan just because of the three alumni: Sean Taylor, Santana Moss, and
2: Clinton Portis.
1: Uh, I'm a huge one fan of,
2: of the Shabbat of the University of Miami. <laughs> <laughs> he hosts 150 Jewish students in his, in his in his house that we sold to him um, every single Friday night dinner. Wow, that's uh, in like
1: the that is a in the huge place. Shabbat.
2: We it was very difficult finding a house that he could host 300 students.
1: In, in Feed improperly it, free it is, feed. His
2: wife cooks everything, bakes the challah. Not for crack. 300 people. For 300 people. No yes. way. Yes. That's phenomenal. If you have Jewish students or children that go to UM, check them out. Shmuley Lipsker is his name. Uh, phenomenal family. Let's
1: put that in the show notes and we will note that. Uh, hot take. Next hot take. We are in a housing crisis.
2: Really? absolutely well we've been we've been interviewing uh, brokers throughout the city the last couple of days and what's the one question we ask everybody what's the most
0: we're saying like how do you how do you handle it it's just like
2: we ask people what's the most challenging thing you're seeing in, in New York City real estate and almost Almost clockwork. What's the answer?
0: Controlling your client and controlling the dialogue because it's just it's 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 crazy situation. I have a feeling there. it's a different answer. I
2: was hearing inventory. Yeah, inventory, same inventory. Inventory, and then yes, yeah. but then, then no, but it's but how it is controlling inventory to your is is is, is, is uh, c- c- like setting the right expectations. Yes,
1: and we are averting a housing crisis due to low inventory. Is probably the answer. Right? Yeah, in my high in high high that's right. Uh, next hot take. Florida is America's Jurassic Park. Why? Well, because, I mean, I love going to Florida. You got the anacondas, the pythons, the crocs, the alligators, the bears, the cougars, the real
0: cougars, not, not faena cougars. Must be <laughs> the animal cougars. My backyard's uh, Jurassic Park when like the fifty iguanas are just sitting there it, sunbathing. Oh, the iguanas, yes, don't <laughs>
1: even the peacock bass, and the iguanas. <laughs>
2: it's I literally have a crocodile that kind of swims up the canal.
1: In the man, in the, the manatee, way. right? And we have a dozen manatees. You feed winter, the, the you feed the manatees with your. Many
2: manatees that's illegal. That doesn't
1: happen. Oh, that's illegal. Okay, okay. But, you know,
2: they eat
1: I have seen uh, a friend of mine that lives in a different part of Florida that feed
2: manatees um, with their hose in the backyard. Just yeah, so in directly into the water, they'll they'll hear the stream and they swim up and they'll drink. They'll just come up and just and they'll really drink, cute, drink, huh? drink the water, just guzzle it down. They love it, but you're not supposed to do that, so I don't do that.
1: Okay, good. Nowhere in America do you have that many species of animals, and people kind of you know they wanna. Uh, they go there for you know they go to the reptile museum, they go with the manatee watching, they go
0: my kids. They, what love are those
1: flat boats with a fan? Uh, fan boat bo- airboats. Uh, boats yeah, they go to air airboats and you know Yeah. Skid yeah.
2: around this it's, all
0: gra-
1: it's all gra- and they yeah. go like fifty miles an hour through those things? About 50, but
0: they uh, go pretty yeah. fast.
1: Pretty fast and pretty loud. Pretty incredible. Dude, would you agree that Florida is uh, some people say Florida is America's dressing fund?
2: Uh, I would, I, it's not how I would I, brand it, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll what run
0: I'll run with it, because like, my kids go to Lion Country Safari and Butterfly World and all those other things. What's that, Butterfly World? It's oh, just a right. butterfly.
1: That's court. right. Actually, that is one of the uh, Boca Raton's uh, famous attractions.
0: Yeah, it's, like, it's right there. You know. That's right. It's Butterfly World. I actually know someone who got proposed to there. Uh, <laughs> sure, yeah. We have, we have
2: sharks and, and fish and... Gators and crocodiles and manatees and all manner of bird life. That's uh,
1: right. We have about uh, 30
2: different species of fish, um, yeah, different it's fish. Bit, it's a little bit taboo, but uh, there's a there's a gentleman, actually, talk doesn't know this yet, but he's coming with us to join Trapper Mike, the uh, uh, pi- Python Cowboy on Instagram. Check him out. Okay. Um, and uh, we're going to do a python hunt in the Everglades together. Okay. That sounds fun. You, Adam Yormack from Alligator Title, we're all, we're all Sounds fun. We're okay so there they're, but they're an invasive species that are taking over the Everglades they're, the pythons are getting so large they're eating all the birds they're eating uh, they're eating gators they're eating gators they're literally eating gators and so the, the state of Florida actually pays p- people to go and hunt them and, and they're just they're over they're overpopulating. so while it may sound t- t- you know tragic to be hunting anything to some people but it's it's actually a problem to taking over our ecosystem so Trapper Mike, uh, you know he does it for, for, for the thrill of it and
1: for the environment. For the environment. Anything for the environment. So shout out to Chopper Mike. Years ago it was so frowned upon, now it's like like heavily endorsed. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay.
2: It's a real
1: problem though. Both of you. Yeah. Give me your top TV
0: streams show of all time. I mean one of my all-time favorites is definitely Breaking Bad. Yeah. Okay. My, one of my, my one of my favorite all-time, you know, uh, comedic ones is definitely The Office and you the know, how I met your mother. Uh, you know, those are like classics that run at my house and, you know, lately my newest one that I've been watching that has me uh, definitely
2: entertained is, um, oh my goodness, skip me. I'll come back to then I'll just interject when it comes back Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I actually do my best not to watch TV as much as possible. Cause I, I, you know, a little known fact about I really Meyer is that I I like to go all in or, or I'm, I'm, I'm all in I'm, or nothing. I'm, I'm all in or bust. Um, and if I get hooked, I've never watched a single episode of Game of Thrones because I'm afraid if I watch one or two episodes, I'll be up till two o'clock in the morning for three weeks. I, just, <laughs> I just, can't, just can't live that life. Right but
0: now. you see, that's a daily thing for me because I'm just a profound TV junkie and I must watch everything.
2: But you just have it running in the background while you're working and sending emails and doing other things. It's
0: a proven fact: I'm actually getting a TV for my office so I can continue the streaming.
2: Office, oh so God. that way I can get the things going. That's the one TV's in order. Life hacks, um, to, to,
1: life hacks to become productive. Um,
2: but with that said, there are a few shows that I that that have that grabbed me and and kept me in these uh kept me in these two o'clock in the morning uh, streaming festivals uh binge on binging sure um uh, Fauda, one of them okay and uh peaky blinders really, yes.
1: yes. You like it, Danielle?
0: I I will drop the new one I'm watching that just dropped like this last few weeks is Hijack with Endless Alba. It's pretty good. Episode four drops today. So that's what I'll be watching at some point today or tomorrow.
1: Okay. A lot of shows that I have never heard of and I'm glad because now I can check them out if I have the time. I'll just text you every day. Give me the top Boca Raton restaurant and bar. Could be a family outing, could be a client outing, it could be just for you, you and your
0: friends. Uh, um, forever and one of my top staples in Boca is, uh, from Buckhead Restaurant Group, is uh, Chopped Lobster Bar. It's always a great scene, always good food. They got a variety of seafood and steaks. It's like consistent and I always it feels like family to me because I know almost everybody there. Uh, but lately, uh, Major Restaurant Group just opened up Major food group, yeah. Just opened up five new restaurants at the Boca Raton Hotel and Prince of Pessa is their Italian and it's got the best view in the entire city. It's over the lake and looking over it all. And that's like lately my wife and I's my favorite place. Okay. Do you, do you have one lately
1: late? Do you go to Boca and have my, a place?
2: My favorite Boca Raton restaurant is Casa Buckfinder. I don't <laughs> spend a lot of time in Boca Raton unless <laughs> I'm at Aaron's house or at his office.
1: Your wife must be, or you must be, or your wife must be quite a chef. Yes. aspire okay aaron and lady respectively the top florida market to own a house in but it cannot
0: be your market i would say the most up-and-coming market in the markets that i cover or watch that i don't own in would be pompano beach it has the most tremendous upside upward potential with everything that's happening right now a lot of new dev stuff Ritz-Carlton's going there. Uh, I believe a Rosewood's happening now in, like the, in the Broward area there. It's like one of those areas that to me hasn't fully ballooned and the price points are actually much less than like a Fort Lauderdale or a Lighthouse Point or a Deerfield. So a lot of my boater enthusiasts or people who want to be close to the beach, like that's the most sought out area due to the price Point right now. So I, I think there's a lot
2: of value there. Great. I'm 305 till I die, <laughs> so uh, there, nothing exists outside of Miami. Um, <laughs> but if I was forced to leave, for me I got um, I got bit by the boat bug, so it would have to be some place that is truly boater friendly. I'd say Give me a city. I'd say for okay. Lauderdale, Jupiter. Oh, One Jupiter. Jupiter might be an option. It yeah. could be similar in some ways, smaller town, cooking a grow vibes, but uh, definitely not as bustling.
0: Not no Palm Beach for you, huh? I thought maybe you might be a Palm Beach guy. Uh, I actually think about it like I think Pompano's got the most upside for my dollar, but I definitely I loved we lived me and Kira lived in Fort Lauderdale for a decade. It's like it's it's a lot of great city there. I see. Well, only
1: twenty miles away. Boy, Best yeah. city or state to travel in the United States for fun. And it cannot be in your hometown outside of
0: Florida. I mean, lately it's been these, this New York. It's been we've been having a lot of, I've been coming and meeting a lot of coworkers and having fun. But outside of that, when it was strictly pleasure, it's it's been a while since I've been, but it was always Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. Well, what do you do there? Well, I get like, in trouble. Not in trouble. I've, oh, I listen. Kids. It's, it's 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 no it's no founding. People know I love sports. I love to gamble. I love all the entertainment stuff. I think you have all the every all the entertainment at the, at the district, and I think it's a really vibrant city. I,
2: Big shocker, the New York Jew, the New York Jew from Boca, loves to gamble. <laughs> Big shock. Big
0: shock. Can I you, thought he was gonna say it overseas. I'd be like, I've been going go to the Bahamas every other week right now. Can, can you can you
1: tell me what the the have you been to the new rooftop sports? Book there? No, but it looks phenomenal. Yeah, it does look phenomenal. I was uh, hanging out with some NBC guys when the Redskins played the Raiders, and uh, they were there. Um, Looks phenomenal. So it's a, it's a that's a bucket list of my of mine as well. Yeah. well what about you, lady? Your
2: top place to visit? outside uh, Florida. I, I visit New York all the time. It's always a great time. Um, you know, I feel like there's two different camps. I
1: feel like I see so, you in New York more than in, yeah, I see you uh, in Florida. Yeah, there's, there are
2: those that that love to live in New York and visit Miami for fun, and those that like to live in Miami and visit New York for fun. I'm a the latter uh, but but if I'm not saying New York uh, truly the cities that capture they really capture my soul or are the are the the cities that are founded in, in music so oh. I, I love a good like I love Nashville sure Austin you know like cities you can go to and where there's just just any restaurant any bar any place you go there's always some fantastic live music um, Usually, usually you, you you put that in the mix and everything else just falls right in the line. You have a great time.
1: We a few of us that are close within our friend group know you really love Nashville, so that's definitely uh, that's definitely a great answer for you. And I, I suppose you recently also got into skiing a little bit, so you had visited our friend Tom in the town of Vale, Colorado.
2: I did. Uh, that was my first ski trip ever. Was in Breckenridge <laughs> in two thousand twenty-one. Uh, late 21, I think it was. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, right when we sold our house and, and we were buying a new place, it was like uh, December 2021, and it was my first time strapping on a pair of skis ever. Uh, I picked up pretty quick. Uh, yeah, good.
1: Uh, don't get too cocky, but I've you did. I saw the videos. The cocky, but, but I I saw the videos.
2: By many people that I'm, I'm, that I'm, you know, shockingly good at it. Yeah. Um, and uh, my second trip ever was to Vale, where I went with Tom, and we would hit the blue slopes and we a, You hit the
1: blue uh, slopes. Booze and veils are the black yeah. teens. So
2: I definitely I got bit by the ski bug. Good. Um, it, my wife doesn't do very well with the altitude, as it turns out. So uh, ski trips are going to have to—they're going to be somewhat few and far between, and maybe for. Well, maybe
1: you could you know, take her to Park City because the altitude, the base is lower. So yeah, right. we're
2: talking the next—we're talking about our next trip, trying, trying a, a lower base. Altitude.
1: Yeah, lower but base altitude. General, so, altitude right. That. That's right. So Park City is good. Uh, Jackson, I believe, is also lower in altitude. Uh, and in fact it's actually tectonic. Uh, plates are shifting, so it gets lower and lower every year. Uh, but that's for our, another that's a story for a whole other time. You two are pros in areas all across the United States by talking and networking with uh, real estate agents that we have offices in. Levy, you are one of the best networkers that I've ever met as far as being aware and being having friendships with brokers all across the United States. If you were to own, and both, this is a question to both of you, if you were to own and invest in a Single-family or multi-family unit? What market would it be, and why? I'm letting
0: Aaron take you on this one. <laughs> Go ahead, Aaron. I mean, for me, uh, I, I, if I'm going to invest, it's usually somewhere in my backyard where I have comfort. But you know, lately, uh, I've been doing some private equity deals that where they're doing a lot of either self-storage or multi-units. But uh, like areas in the west coast of Florida, which are definitely like expanding like like crazies, where I've been doing some of the investment stuff lately.
1: Okay. Do you have any specific... Like uh, Bradenton
0: area. I just did it in the deal. That's where, where my that? mom lives. Bradenton, Florida. It's just uh, probably 30, 40 minutes from okay. Sarasota. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just there. I mean, it's a. a I think Wall Street Journal has is like one of the fastest growing cities in North America. Sure. Okay. So that's like an area where I think there's like a lot of growth.
1: The question was more towards outside of Florida, but yes, that...
0: Well, yeah, if if, if I had to randomly pick something, it'd be somewhere I would want to enjoy and like go do and see things. So like the Carolinas, I haven't been, Mm -hmm. but I hear that's like a a great opportunity. North and South, the Triangle. And then, you know, lately all my friends are buying places in Aspen. Oh, yeah, the dream. So one day. The ultimate Mecca. The ultimate Mecca. we are talking about? multifamily investment.
1: It could be single-family or multifamily, and it could also be for pleasure too, right? But you're putting, obviously you're parking your money there, so there should be a value proposition. Yeah, Aspen's I, a great answer, by the way.
2: I think a place where where you you know, real estate is very localized, and so for me, you know, I always tell people to to you know, you're going to end up invest where you know, you know, it's, it's a, to go into a market you don't know anything about. Uh, yes, I've networked, I know agents all over the country, and if I were going into any particular market and looking for an investment opportunity, I'd have an inf- a fantastic rolodex of agents to call on. But as it is, I'm not I'm not well versed or spoken in which markets are the best multifamily. Returns for your money, but I think that if it, unless you are well versed in that, or unless I'm you know, leaning into that network to figure out where the best return might be, I'm going to stick with what I f- know and what I feel comfortable with. And so, yeah, uh, you know, anything up and down the East Coast, Atlanta, North Car- you know, Georgia, North Carolina. Uh, New Jersey, Philadelphia, those all make a lot of sense. Go where the jobs are. Uh, that and/or vacation places. You know, mm. So where, where you know that you can enjoy, enjoy it. where you where you can rent them out for short-term rentals, come and enjoy it, send friends there. So I like the idea of doing vacation rentals. A okay. lot of people come to Miami thinking that they can just vacation rental anything in Miami, and it's that's not the Miami that you're familiar with. It just doesn't it doesn't exist as as commonly as as one might
1: think. One might think interesting. Uh, there is that Airbnb-specific uh, hotel high-rise that was right. recently built and is yeah. advertised to us. But you'd be
2: surprised. There's you know, Miami Beach. It's it's unless you're in a transient a transient zoning and 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 you have short-term capability, the condo hotels, et cetera, It's actually f- illegal and heavily heavily policed. The first fine is twenty-five thousand dollars. Oh wow. For both landlord and tenant. Yeah, so that makes uh, no sense and as a business. Doubles, it doubles on the second
0: fine. Why risk it? Here's a fun fact, no Airbnbs in Boca. So when people ask me for Airbnb Boca, it's like, doesn't exist. So on to the next it's, question. It's like New York City almost. <laughs> yeah, um, interesting.
2: Here and You can fact-check this with some of our Fort Lauderdale agents, but uh, Fort Lauderdale, I think, is a little more friendly to Airbnb. Mm, I so see. You can get houses on the water and put them on Airbnb or put them on short-term transient and get incredible returns. People love to. No,
0: they do. Uh, I just did one there last year with, uh, yeah, that's it's in, you know, Fort Lauderdale is the yachting capital
2: of the world. So that's a growing city. It's doable, but you know where I live, Coral Gables. Pff, absolutely not. Mm. No way. You mm. you put your yeah. You know, you, you, I mean, you can't. You know, you can't jaywalk in Coral Gables. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you can't
1: jaywalk in Coral Gables, but you can park your car in your front yard you can, on the grass.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, on the swale, we call it. So it's public, public property, um, but yeah. Um, but you know, actually, up until about five years ago, you weren't allowed to park a pickup truck. In, in their front yard, even if you owned it, uh, in Coral Gables. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, yeah, that's, that's a, a recent rule that was changed.
1: Florida is a mysterious world to us New Yorkers, and I I love the difference, and I lo- also love the uh, the similarities as far as regulations are concerned. You know, I'm not uh, all about rules and all of that, but it does make sense that to limit Airbnb sometimes is probably better for the overall community itself. Uh, Aaron, let's, you know, go into some deep dive questions, you know, now sure. that we're here. and. go back and, to the and (laughs) pause if you need to leave feel free if you want to chill do it Uh, all right but we're going to go into some deep dive questions you know Aaron tell us about you know where you grew up and uh I know you're a Boca native uh what was your your childhood like and also you know what was your dream job as a kid
0: well you know it's so funny because uh I'm a true 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 native um small fun fact my dad's actually from Jamaica Queens New York and my mom's from the Philippines they my, my dad met my mother in medical school and they were finishing residency, and they're like, well, where do we want to live? And they're between Boca Raton, because they went there for a conference, and Beverly Hills. And they stayed at the Boca Raton Hotel, I said, we love it, this is where we want to be, and that's where my my whole life is dedicated around this silly hotel. But, um, you know, live there. The Boca now is not the Boca that it was when I grew up, and there's nothing wrong with it. I wouldn't change my childhood for anything. And as a father of two, I'm very excited that they're growing up in my city, and it's, it's, the city has changed dramatically, but it's, all for the better it's like it's a really hip trendy place now like 30 something years ago yeah it was the Boco del vista that everybody makes fun of on seinfeld, on seinfeld and, yeah. and you think of like you go to golf and die but like now it's like a <laughs> real fun trendy the tipping place calculator the no, tipping calculator it, right <laughs> no but like now it's like it's 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 all grade a schools it's a lot of master plan and or beautiful gated communities really beautiful uh country clubs uh, michael dell just bought the boca raton hotel and put Uh, 150 million into it. It's a legacy hotel now. It's a, it's like an iconic staple down there. Uh, We have a downtown scene. Like when I grew up in East Boca Raton, we didn't have Meisner Park until like late '90s, and now that's like the mecca center there. So it's it's a really fun, trendy city now. And you know, me to have a legacy with my kids there. Like you know, they they don't know what it was, but like they love everything about it. Mm -hmm. Good. And
1: what was your childhood dream growing up? Did you have a, you know, everybody wanted to be a firefighter or astronaut, you know, what was your childhood dream? What
0: did you want to be? You know, I I joke about it because I feel like I'm the jack of all trades if you kind of, like, follow, like, how I got into real estate or whatnot. But I had no idea what I wanted to do. I You know, I went to college uh, in in Texas. I wanted to get the hell out of Florida, so I'd appreciate Florida. And now I never want to leave. But, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Fell into a few careers. And, honestly, the one career I really wanted to do but I just didn't know how to get into it or whatnot was actually uh, try to get into uh, – what do you call it? Uh, I wanted to be uh, an agent or like a sports agent or whatnot, but you know, actually becoming a real estate agent, it's like, you almost feel like you're part of that experience. It's a different type of sale, different type of this, but you kind of have like some of those rising experiences. So I feel like I emulated something that I kind of aspire to do one day, but in a different path. So uh, that TV show with The Rock, who's a sports agent. I was more of an entourage fan, but yes, the one with the rock was, the was the one was a good one too. (laughs) Yeah. That was a great, speaking of TV shows. shows. Actually, the people in the office do think I'm like Ari Gold sometimes, but that's another story. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) So with, with regards to, you know, getting into the actual real estate world, how tough is that? And, And what did you do to break into that world outside of just getting a license?
0: Um. Well, it was interesting paths of how I got into real estate um, I kind of did a, another career change and you know this was about 2012 and I had a lot of friends who were brokers and they were just like Aaron get your license like you you'll, you'll get you'll pass like this no problem and you'll figure it out so like I got it anyone it, can get a license anyone, right? can, pass anyone, can like get, this. anyone can get you know just just <laughs> like this you can get a license but uh, you know everybody of the brother and the mother and the cousin bartender and nanny is a realtor in South Florida but mm. um, you know you got into it I found a little bit of a craft even in the profession for a couple of years, I was like, is this my real thing? Is this my real thing? Sure. And then, you know, once the the light switch went on, I was like, you know what? This is fun. This is a career. And, uh, you know, I started paving my path for itself. And it kind of coincided with the time when I joined Compass. It really was like the the light that ignited the things. And, you know, it, it put the the tools where I needed to be and, you know, helped accelerate my, my career.
1: Give me a time where you messed up in life, personally or business-wise, and you're obviously very successful. You know, we can talk about your accolades. We could talk about the millions that you've sold. We could talk about you being uh, 1% of America, That just the real trends report that just came out. We can talk about all of that. But outside of that success, there's always underneath it a lot of uh, trial and tribulations that most successful people go through. What they see on social media might be just that, that tip of the iceberg of your success. But, you know, what kind of hardships have you endured in life? And how did that kind of help you to become who you are today?
0: Um, I would say, you know, if I had to, to define, like, my career and how all my work ethic's been, it's always been, I would say, by grit. I've always just been, like, consistently trying to perfect whatever kind of craft I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2008, 2009, I was actually doing pharmaceutical sales. Um, I was actually living in the city, and I was, having, I was living off 56th and 2nd. I had a great job. I had a corporate car, corporate everything. And then they changed all the pharma guidelines. I'm like, this is now a job and not a career. And after much conversations with my parents, I decided to quit pharmaceutical sales, move back to South Florida, go back to school. And I wanted to become a doctor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was crazy. Like I literally like gave all the career highs, especially, in you know, 809 when I know it was very hard to get a job. I said, you know what, this is great, but I'm going to do something different. I spent two years doing research, school, doing my school again. I basically was like, know, what was I, 22, 23, going back, taking freshman calculus and doing all this different stuff, taking the MCATs and getting into, a, you know, an MBS program at, at Nova Southeastern. And I got in and, you know, two years of nonstop grit and determination of getting into medical school. Um, and what, uh, in the master's program, I'm, I'm sitting in anatomy lab after three months. I'm like, what am I doing? Like I literally said, like, what am I doing? L- immediately dropped my coat, went to the program director, said, I'm out. And she said, "Aaron, this was never for you." And I was like, "I was like, really?" Like, like she got to know me very well. And she's like, "She's like, Aaron, you have a career. You're t- at the time of 25. She's like, you're 25. You have everything to fall back on. You had a sales background. She's like, you're gonna find something you love and go back on it. She's like, I'm worried about the three other hundred students here. And you know, at the time, I thought it was like the biggest failure because like I never like thought I failed at anything because I always gave everything 110. Like, you know, I literally changed a career in two years to get through that, and I literally like threw it away. And I was like, I was like, what did I just do for the last two years? And then." like literally two weeks later, got my real estate license. And and then I never looked back. I literally was like, you know what? It was an obstacle I had overcame. It's something that I learned. And I realized what I could and couldn't do. And honestly, it was a great experience. I have all the profession for all the medical people there. I made great friends there. And some of my best friends, I'm even walking to my best friend's wedding uh, this year, who met in med school. And he's like, dude, you're like miles ahead of me where I am. He's like, I'm in med school, dad. I'm doing all this. He's He's like, it wasn't a challenge you overcame. He's like, you made a great life decision. And you know, it, it took like some of that, uh, you know, you know, roadblock to realize, you know, how success, like to me, that was like my rock bottom part because you had to literally give everything away to go back up. Mm-hmm.
1: And imagine being in your mid-twenties, living with your family and still going to school and having school debt and not having to, not having to earn income and being your own man. I mean, that's probably a very tough, tough experience.
0: Yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was hard. It was like, all right, you know, what do I do next? You know, and, you know, you, you immediately, uh. You know you threw everything against the board and then you know real estate in 2012 it wasn't like where you know it was over the years you, you kind of had to ease into it and i had no help like literally everything i had to do was on my own and you know i wish i was i had more of a mentor now or that i asked for more help uh, back then i think i know now to ask for help but you know it's it's a great profession and uh, you know it took a lot of these roadblocks to you know find these success i would say
1: wow yeah i had no idea about that that's it's nice to hear someone's uh, trials and tribulations of where they are in this in our world of real estate when everybody is so successful online successful quote-unquote <laughs> online going back to the market of Boca, you know i haven't really, I haven't visited in such a long time so it's hard for me to recall but in today's market give us what you can get at these specific price points so at a half a million dollar purchase a million dollar purchase a three million dollar purchase and then Three million and plus. So start with the lower end, just so our, our listeners can understand, or you know, whether it's for themselves or for their clients, what the scale is for the pricing. I think that's
0: a real fantastic question, and I think selling specifically South Florida real estate. I think it's like slices of life, is the way I look at it. Because uh-huh. you know, you could sell anything, and it's like you know what do you want? It's like, do you want the condo that's downtown? Do you want to be in the country club that's out west? Or do you want to be in a specific country club? Do you want to be in a single family home? Do you want to be close to the water? So, you know, each price point has like its unique lifestyles. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, when I first talk to clients now, it's like, I can sell you a house anywhere, but why Boca? And what are you looking for before we even talk communities? So, you know, a lot of times people want to be in the country clubs, and then it's like, all right, well, it's not about which country club, it's like what kind of club are you looking for, what kind of activities, do you want small, do you want big, are you an avid golfer, do you not want golf? So, you know, even 500 alone, there's a huge variety of different uh, clubs that may fit that person's lifestyle, whether it's a house or condo. Uh, 500K can get you a nice house in, uh, you know, kind of West Boca, you know, not, not like, you know, right now the price, I'd say like the median price point of Boca right now is a little over a million. Um, so the sub one million market is like very tough to find a single family home. I think that's like the hardest market right now. If you find something is it, you need probably a lot of work. Well, so the thing is uh, fun fact, most of Boca was really developed like in the eighties, especially like when IBM and stuff were going on there. So, mm, yes. so typically I tell people like traditional Boca is really eighties, nineties built. And unless the owner has done some ex- extensive renovations, you know, they're gonna need some work. Um, so a lot of people don't want to do work and that's how they kind of gravitate to more of the uh, more master plan, newer construction communities. But you know, under 1 million, you're, you're looking downtown condo um, or in a country club, if you're okay with the equity membership buy-in. Uh, very tough to find a decent single family home in the immediate streets of Boca. Okay, yourself. and what about between one to two? So one to two, that's, it's, it's funny, a little more gets you a lot more. And a lot of people are like, what's wrong with this house? And like more gets you more, less gets you less. So million bucks that puts you in the average, I would say price point where You can be in gated communities, non gated communities. You can be in uh, really beautiful condos in the downtown area, Uh, not necessarily brand new, but like, you know, nice things overlooking the area. Uh, Whether they want to be in the Boca Raton or on the beach, you're definitely there at at, at a million to two. Just depends how big. It's realistically probably a two bedroom, maybe a three, depending upon the building. Um, And, you know, nice gated communities if you want it. But when you go above that threshold, you know, above three million, it's like it's a whole other world. It's you, you start hitting the the newer construction world, you start hitting, um, you know, there's just uh, a lot more opportunities because, you know, it's, at the higher price point, you have much more at your fingertips, whether you want to be on the waterfront, uh, newer development condos, and pretty much, you know, you have carpe and all the country clubs at that price point.
1: Those waterfront homes that you see with the boats and
0: the docks, what's the starting price point there? Is it, is it a, is there a three in front of it? Uh, uh, it all varies because uh, the newer construction ones, I would say probably minimum, like near a thousand square foot, whether you're dry lot or um, depending on the waterfront, maybe more um, in some in some of the areas or are even going for 25 million. It's just, you know, depends upon like which specific area, but I would say a standard house, you know, a traditional home, you're probably talking, you know, two to three million newer construction, five million plus. Mm, I see. You know, w-
1: with regards to construction, I've always been fascinated about it with it, but my good friend in Hawaii, he's a builder, uh, shout out guy at a construction, just start off on his own, but they always talk about the sea breeze effect, right? They talk about salt water, the wind, the wear and tear of homes on waterfront homes, the impact on if it's an oceanside home versus a bayside home. Mm-hmm. It, for you, within your experience, are these homes more prone if they're ocean side, ocean facing, I guess, versus bay facing? on the type of maintenance and the wear and tear that they have. And also you are very familiar with roofs, correct? You know, what is it about some of these homes that that homeowners should know about the roofing systems
0: with these homes? Uh, Lots of questions, which is great. Yes. Um, Believe it or not, there's really little to no single families in Boca Raton on the actual oceanfront, believe it or not. Interesting. It's it's pretty much all condos Mm -hmm. uh, or hotel. Um, So you pretty much are all more inland. So not saying they're not on the water, but it's more intercoastal than it is on the actual beach uh, for the single-family market in Boca Raton. Uh, But look, you know, in South Florida, it's all about construction and quality. That's why you have construction codes, especially since we have hurricanes. So, you know, we're obviously making sure the homes are CBS construction, concrete block. Uh, We're trying to see, you know, age of the roof, impact windows and doors. Uh, The insurance game's so tough right now. Especially when you're trying to get your discounts, it's like (sighs) you either have to have all or none. So, like if you have a house that has ninety-nine percent windows coverage but one door isn't, you don't get any insurance. You don't get any discounts on the insurance. Interesting. And the roofs now. So glass
1: houses are almost. No, the, the insurance are going to be you're well, you, paying a premium. I mean, for them.
0: yeah. Well, it's not a premium because the thing is, if they are all hurricane impact glass, it doesn't matter. Ah, I see. It's just it's it, and it's funny because everybody's like, oh, does it have impact glass or does it have shutters? The discount is the exact same. It's just total protection of yeah. the home. So, you know, it's funny because like there's so many houses and I we do these inspections and I'm like, listen, the guy can't get insurance because you bought impact glass for everything but you don't want to change the front door and they're like oh it was a beautiful door I'm like i know why you didn't want to change the door the door is twenty thousand dollars so mm. like put like you don't have to necessarily put impact glass to the, like a lot of times impact glass is so much more costly than mm. putting shutters and stuff but it's the same insurance discount so a lot of times we're just like the 11th hour like just put a shutter there and then the person gets the insurance like you know these are some of the small sh- troubleshoots we're doing you know as a south florida broker we're doing a lot of pre-inspections specifically for the roofs because we got to know what we're dealing with because you can't sell a house with an active roof leak right now because they won't buy in the insurance. So those are some of the, you know, troubles we were getting. But you know, at, at these days is like you know, as a South Florida agent, it's always, what's the age of the roof? Does it have impact or not? If it doesn't have impact, does it have complete storm protection or does it not? And then it's just about like is it CBS or framed? And back in the early eighties, a lot of the neighborhoods did do frame construction because the hurricane codes were different than they are now.
1: And is, are those requirements all across the board, even in homes that are more inland in the West Coast? And is that and in insurance, are they are they worried about it more because of weather, or is it because of, I heard that Florida has very high
0: uh, homeowner's insurance fraud claims? What, what, what happening really is, and my friend, a few friends of mine that own insurance companies, it's like, for every dollar you're giving whatever insurance company, they're bleeding dollar fifty because everybody's suing the insurance companies. Right. And, and what, what is that about Florida? Well, what are happened is, especially after companies. like, uh, I can't remember if it was Irma or Wilma, or whatever, one of the more recent hurricanes, mm-hmm you know, what are we talking about? We're in the, like, 2020s. You know, let's just say you had a house. Some property adjuster would come by and say, hey, let me uh, let me go on your roof. Let me see what's going on, and uh, I'll get the insurance company to give you a brand new roof. Granted, Ran- S- the S- hurricane S- was many years later. They'll get an insurance, and then everybody just settles. Everybody settles because nobody wants to... You know, Fight. we get to the cost of things, but then you get dropped from the insurance, the premium goes up, and that's what's bankrupting so many of these insurance companies because it's just the litigation, litigation, litigation. From my understanding, they're changing the insurance codes now because it used to be 100% replacement, because how can you have a 20-year-old roof and then say, hey, uh, this hurricane from eight years ago did this, like I want to, I want a brand new roof. So my understanding is they're starting to treat it like uh, appreciation, like cars. Hey, if it's year one, you get 100%. If it's year two, you get 99% if it's year three. And the big thing that they're looking for is just uh, life longevity of the roof so you know when we do the inspections you know most inspectors want at least five years remaining life on the roof and look they're all good guys and they're all just trying to keep the license but it's like you get into like these arguments sometimes like right now i'm dealing with them. the owners like i don't want to do the roof i'm like you don't want to do the roof. It's hurricane season. You're trying to protect your investment. You need to put on a new roof. She's like, what the new buyer do that? I'm like, you can't do, put on the roof because he doesn't own the house. You, you, you got to do the roof. And <laughs> the buyer's not paying the premium for a, a yeah, He's like, I'm not going to buy the house. The and vacancy she... <laughs> and insurance and
1: all of that. Right. You know, the Florida is interesting because the their home values have gone up so high in the last couple years. And obviously there's no tax and income tax and all those tax breaks that we just talked about. But then you also have these Storms and rising insurance costs, and you have news about farmers or was it State Farm, one of the big companies dropping 100,000 homes out of their insurance claims because of what you just said. I think they call it insurance fraud from the insurance company standpoint, but it might just be uh, contractors that are coming in, and checking at the
0: roof, and saying, "Hey, we can get this replaced for you." And then I'll put it on for you. <laughs> yeah, and I'll put it on for no, you
1: at no cost to you, but they get you know they so, get the business.
0: So the, the you know the one I would just say observations I've seen being living there. I think south florida has been undervalued for so long yes it's like been dramatically undervalued but everybody thought of it like you go there to die (laughs) i'm being honest and then unfortunately it took a pandemic to help facilitate and show that like hey there's a quality of life and longevity and different stuff and that you know through that i definitely think we've caught up i still think we're undervalued but you still look compare us to other coastal cities like we are you know dramatically undervalued but you know i think we're finally caught up in in a market where there's low inventory, I feel like we're in a normal market pace and back to somewhat normal appreciation until uh, something changes with the banks. But outside of that, it's like, uh, you know, South Florida's got many different lifestyles and I think it's got the opportunity to continue to appreciate. Um, And I was, you know, I was talking about it with Levy earlier. I said, I think Miami is really the the telltale of what will happen, because I think if they can figure out better ways for Metro moving and different things, the cost of the city there will then rise and then us as a, Boca Raton being the mecca of suburbia will then also rise from that because you'll have more faster commuting and different things. Even the Brightline right now is a great commuter solution. The Brightline does reach Boca Raton, correct? So the Brightline now goes from Miami, Aventura, uh, Fort Lauderdale, Boca, West Palm Beach and it's going to be opening in Orlando in the next month or two and apparently in the next three to five years they're going to go to Tampa.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah also it'll go basically across the state back into Tampa. That's I not, mean, that, that would be, that's a feat. right? Well, the there. big
0: thing there too, is then it opens up the commuters. Cause now you have people who can live in Tampa and can commute to Orlando or Miami and be in a high-speed train. Mm-hmm. I think the Orlando to even the South Florida area is going to increase the job opportunities. I see.
1: One more question before we wrap up here. You know, DeSantis has been kind of a, a public figure ever since the pandemic, at least from a New Yorker standpoint, right? He's been very vocal on businesses staying open during the pandemic. He's been very vocal on not shutting the state down, keeping the schools open. And I think he's gained some popularity in the United States. I mean, you hear about his presidential run. Mm-hmm. Now, he signed in law in May of, uh, of basically immigration. It's an immigration law where he caused an exodus of workers, uh, perhaps illegal workers, as I guess this is what it is, that mm-hmm. uh, actually support our industry, right? They're their construction, uh, they're in farming, and, and oh, they're doing totally a lot agree. of labor work have you seen any impact on that and what are your thoughts on this i
0: I called my contractor, the gc the day and i called carlos i'm like carlos i need you to get to my house he goes man i'm doing all the work myself these days because i got no work (sighs) i got no help yeah i mean look i get it like look at the end of the day i think it's a it's a you know i I called DeSantis a hero earlier but i called him a hero because my quality of life during the pandemic didn't change much fortunately no absolutely uh, where you look at other areas in the world but like you know, without getting too much in politics, like I can understand where he's coming from and he's trying to make you know, give everybody a fair opportunity who should, you know, for different things I think, but I don't know. You know, it's a it's hard to say but, you know I agree with you it's like it's a unique things that he's doing and you know sometimes you know people you it's either look black or white and you know it's hard for me it's kind of a gray area
1: yeah no I get it immigration is such a tough policy and nobody can ever be right on either side of the platform unfortunately well I don't want to take up too much of your time because you are here visiting and you're hosting a big happy hour this evening so Best of luck to that. I will be there. Very excited. Started Danielle with a whisper, and I think
0: we're gonna have like over a hundred something people. So hundred something people.
1: Uh, oh, and before we wrap up, actually, Danielle also has a question.
0: Oh, let's about, go. About
1: Boca, that she is, uh, it, she's been itching to ask. So let's go. You what can ask you?
0: two. <laughs> I,
2: I'll just ask one. <laughs> what would you say to a New Yorker like myself to try to convince me to move to Boca? All
0: right. The, 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 well, the simple answer is, and. I've been talking about this a lot. I think a lot of people when, you know, whether it was pandemic or coming down, I think when they think Florida, the most common analogy is South Beach. And I think everybody's conception, everybody thinks South Beach and then they get there and they realize South Beach is one distinction and Miami is a huge area. And then they're like, well, okay, like, I'm not partying on South Beach every night. Like I want to have a house, I want to have a backyard. And then they go to areas like, uh, you know, areas that like Levy does like Coral Gables. And then you're like, wait, to have a house here, I need how many million? So what's happening now? And look, it's I call it like the the, the halfback effect, and I, I've been very fortunate from it because I'm working with a lot of Miami brokers where people move to Miami, thinking you know I want to be in Miami, and now they're like I have kids, I want to get them into school. And look, unless you're in the really affluent affluent or have the connections in Miami, you know Boca is like a true suburban you know market. It's pretty much all gated communities and country clubs, minus a small two block downtown scene. So we're getting a lot of people coming for the. Uh, the country club lifestyle, cause there's not really a lot of country clubs in Broward and uh, I would say uh, the South Palm Beach area. Like, you know, we're right there. So we get a lot of people who want that lifestyle and the schools, we're all grade A schools. And there's two, there's a bunch of amazing uh, private schools that a lot of people send their kids to. Uh, my two kids are starting there in the fall too. Pretty much like Ivy League feeders.
1: I'm, I'm almost sold. I do like to golf, so maybe someday. I mean, I'll look, down there.
0: it's 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 a fun area, but, you know, the most importantly it's, it's like I say, it's all about slices of life. So like for you to say coming from like one of the greatest cities in the world, it's also about like where you are in life. And it's like, hey, if you want the downtown scene, we have a downtown scene, but it can't compare it in New York. But like it's a real like it's a really quaint city and, you know, offers great, great opportunities. Well, that's about the time we have. Please follow Aaron on
1: Instagram at the Buckbinder Group. I'll put it in the show notes. And Aaron, I really appreciate your time. Best of luck with your rest of your stay in New York City, and obviously, best of luck with the rest of the year in real estate. Thank you for listening to the Real Talk Podcast, and we we'll see you on the next episode.